Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome back to Bring Home Sandrine, a podcast covering the disappearance of Sandrine Jordan. This is episode six, Rosetta Bunton. My name is Graham Crowley. Thank you for joining me on this journey. This podcast has been created for an adult audience. There is discussion about suicide and death, so listener discretion is advised. The thoughts and opinions in this podcast are mine. I need to correct two matters I have previously broadcast. The items and clothing found behind the neighbouring property of Jan was the subject of a police receipt. The copy I had been given was blurry. I thought it said 20 beer cans were found with the clothing. I have now been given a clearer copy of the said receipt and it shows two beer cans were found. And on that issue, there are now clear photos of the sunglasses found amongst those items. The family do not recognise them as glasses owned by Sandrine, but her friends and acquaintances may. Perhaps members of the community that Sandrine was involved in, the drumming camps and the retreats, may recognise those glasses. I understand many members of the drumming camps are following this podcast. Thank you. Maybe someone loaned or gave those glasses to Sandrine not long before her disappearance. Maybe she found them on a drumming camp or whilst walking around John's property or elsewhere. Can you please have a look at the glasses on the Facebook page, Missing Sandrine Jordan, and see if you recognise them. They are quite distinctive. They have what I call clear plastic shields on both sides, which are quite a unique style of glasses. If you have any information on those glasses or any other matters, you are welcome to message me privately. On the next issue, neighbour Jan from Tomlinson Road contacted me. She disputed the claim that cars would enter or leave the church across the road from 123 via the gate onto Tomlinson Road. She stated that gate was mostly kept locked. Cars mainly entered and left the church via Church Road, not Tomlinson Road. Where does that take us? I still do not believe a random killer was driving around and spotted Sandrine but I do accept it is more than possible someone she knew drove up to 123. The house was about 100 metres from the road. It was very bushy out the front of the property at that time. Noise of a car would be muffled and it would be hard to see from the property 
John said he heard a car outside his place around that time. The car sounded like a car one of his ex-partners drove. It would be more than possible for Sandrine to approach that car if she recognised a driver or an occupant and enter it voluntarily or involuntarily in around one minute and the car to turn around and leave with no one the wiser. Leaving her coat on the fence may have simply been forgetfulness. There are so many versions of what happened to Sandrine in that last minute. What is one more? Now to Rosenta Bunton. What a piece of work Rosenta Bunton is. Full of vitriol and hate. Causing angst and grief to the Jordan family. The family has no idea who he or she is. The police thought Sandrine wrote the letters. I believe that is very unlikely, for the four-page letter at least. Maybe, perhaps maybe, the party invite. What do we know so far? An envelope arrived at ex-partner Michael's house in Caratha, Western Australia, in the months after Sandrine's disappearance, likely December 2012. It was believed the letter was posted from Horsham in Victoria. I have never seen the envelope, either original or photograph, so it is not clear to me and no one can say whether the word Horsham was on the back of the envelope or that was where Australia Post had stamped the letter. The envelope contained two foolscap pages with writing on all four sides. It also contained a two-page party invite, one page with yellow boundary and one page with blue boundary. The copy I have only shows the blue page in full with just part of the yellow page, less than a quarter of the page. Samples of those letters can be found on the Facebook page Missing Sandrine Jordan. No one associated with the Jordan family know a Rosetta Bunton, nor anyone living in Horsham, Victoria. Firstly, the two fills cap page letter. In two places, the letter is signed what appears to be Rosetta with an A. In one place, it appears to be spelt Rosette with an E. In the only place where Bunton is written, it seems apparent it was likely written Bunden, B-U-N-D-O-N, with the D changed to a double T, Bunton. So the name is Rosetta Bunden or Bunton, or Rosette Bunden or Bunton. The author, male or female, has an intimate knowledge of the Jordan family. You will hear Michael say it was possible the author obtained that information from a magazine article about Sandrine. The magazine articles I have read regarding Sandrine do not contain the depth of knowledge contained in the letters. I'm firmly of the opinion the author was known to Sandrine. 
the author goes from third person to first person in the letter. I believe the person was angry with Sandrine and perhaps you could say even hated her. What was the motive for writing the letter to the family? What did the author hope to gain? I have been told a particular member of the drumming groups that Sandrine was a member of had previously written vitriolic letters to the parents and or family of women he had broken up with. Have you ever received such a letter? I would like to hear from you if you have. Confidentiality is assured. Police recovered nine sets of fingerprints from the letters. Six prints have been eliminated. No DNA was recovered. The name Rosette or Rosetta Bunton or Bunden is apparently false. I recently interviewed Michael, Sandrine's ex-partner and the recipient of the letters and I have arranged for my daughter-in-law Kate to kindly read the four-page fool's cap letter for me. Whilst I have asked Kate to read the letter, please bear in mind the letter may well have been written by a male. Mick, thanks for your time today. Yep, no worries. You were Sandrine's partner and father of her three children, yes? Yeah, that is true. And you were together 16 years? Yeah, roughly, yes. Yeah. Mick, do you think Sandrine's alive? No, I, I don't think so. Do you have a specific reason why you think that? No, I just sort of, I don't, it's, it's everything sort of, it's, everything's a bit too, she would have, yeah, I think I think she had too many needs to, you know, the, you know, from what I gather, her money wasn't ever touched and, you know, she needed pharmaceutical help and all of that sort of stuff and honestly, I, I don't think she's alive, to be honest. Yeah. And Sandrine suffered from depression for most of your for, relationship for, 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 for a long for a long time. Yeah, like I, uh, I, I never, I never really knew or understood what depression was. Yep, I did learn a lot, and um, it sort of helped me understand, you know, other people later on in life. But oh yeah, yeah, a lot of times there where it was all it was pretty hard to deal with because I had no idea what I was actually dealing with. So yeah. And uh, Mick, you received a letter some months after Sandrine went missing, is that correct? Yeah, that, yes, we did. And it was signed uh, Rosette or Rosetta Bunton. Yes, that is true. Do you know anyone by that name? Uh, no, I don't. And it was posted from Horsham in Victoria. Do you know anyone in Horsham? No, I've got, uh, I've got friends in Victoria, but no, none, none from there. Yeah. Not that I know of, anyway. So you have no idea who sent you that letter? Oh, I've got no idea. No, it was sort of, it caught us. It was a bit strange when we received it. Yeah, I, I couldn't give you the exact date that we got it. It was sometime towards the end of the year. Yeah. Somewhere, just before Christmas, maybe. Yep. Yeah, it was um, Yeah, it was definitely a bit odd. It caught both me and my wife a bit by surprise. So. Yep, okay. And you gave that letter to the police? Yeah, yes, I did. Yeah, I handed it. Well, I ended. I sent an email to my sister-in-law at the time, Bernadette, and then I, um, yeah, and then I handed it into the police. Okay. 
There's two parts to that letter as we discussed. There was two foolscap pages with writing on each side that you remember. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. And there was also a party note, a blue and a yellow party note, and you don't really remember that. I, yeah, like, like we stated before, I sort of, I don't recall. I remember getting the letter, but I honestly thought there was only the two pages. Yeah. But um, as, yeah. Was, I, I don't recall the, the party bits that were in there. Yeah, that, no, that's fine. It's a long time ago now. Yeah. That's fine. Bernadette recalls it because you contacted her pretty much straight away, eh? Pretty, pretty much straight away, yeah. Yeah, she recalls it. but So that's fine. And I'm just really totally confused about why you'd have two letters sent to you at once, you know. But the contents of the letter is such anyway that whoever wrote it is uh, a bit strange. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. In the coroner's report, there was stated anxiety over the pending return of her daughter. Do you know what that was about? No. Like I said a little bit earlier, it's, you know, I ended up, I did take the kids um, over to Germany for my grandmother's 50th wedding anniversary. Yep. But then, then after that, there was, you know, I formed a new relationship with my now wife and um, I there was never any... I was never ever going to take off. I don't know where that come from. It wasn't any way that I was ever going to take the kids. You, you had no intention of taking the no, kids? Not, 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 not to go overseas, no. And particularly not to live overseas? Yeah, absolutely. And in any event, uh, Sandrine had the children's passports. Is that the case? Yes, that is true, yes. So there was no way you could take the children? Exactly. Yeah. That letter that you received, you don't know who wrote it. Did you recognise the handwriting? No, at the time, no. Yeah, I didn't recognise it at all. I mean, I sort of, I've seen plenty of her handwriting. Her handwriting was fairly neat. And, um, I mean, I've got no idea what her handwriting was later on because there was everything that we did end up was all emails and stuff like that with all printed writing, you know, so I hadn't seen her handwriting for a little while. But before then, I sort of, you know, you know, you spend that much time with somebody, you, you generally, you know what their handwriting's like anyway. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And what's confusing is whoever wrote it, male or female, had some idea of the yeah, members. Yeah, they, 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 they did have some idea of the it – was, there, was there was a lot of commonness about it, I suppose. Yeah, there was. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, i never actually seen – there was an article printed in a – Women's magazine of some sort, I believe. Right. Um, that's where um, they got the information from, or okay. some, something like that. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, and um, right. I thought it was, I thought it was all a bit strange, but yeah. yeah. All right. You listen to the podcast anyway. Yes. And I'm going to have the letter read out. Yes. And discussed. So if something pops into your head and awakens a memory, by all means, just get in contact with me. Yes, yep, certainly. And, uh, and we can talk about it. Yeah, ah, so easy. All right. Yep. Well, thanks for your time, Mick. Nah, no worries at all, bro. All right, mate. See ya. All right, mate. Cheers, buddy. See you, man. And to the letter received by Mick. Hi, Michael. Hope you and your children have a fab Chrissy and New Year 2013. Sandrine must have been a handful being Frenchie and free spirit, and sex maniac too, boyfriends galore. 
Guess that's why you and WA and she in Queensland with her Caboolture clan. Sounds like she had many gentlemen callers and no home too. No wonder the kid's better off. It's so easy to be a good mum if you don't have them 24-7, right? It's so easy to be a good mum if you don't have them 24-7, right? And in a different state too. No wonder she went man sex craved, loopy and no responsibility in her. Teenagers are a real drain and challenge. She never had to bother with all that. Only when she felt up to it. Her 17-year-old in Sydney with granny too just shows she must have had easy life, no pressures for her, not having to care for her brood and lets loose in the wild, sex-starved, crazy life in Queensland in Caboolture too. She must not have had a good father figure. Sylvia remarried too, Mrs J. Hope you and the kids can move on with your life at last and get back to normal family times. Her lifestyle not good for a family. She very selfish woman. Too easy, caring about another man's children, going to motocross with them and only herself, of course. The truth comes out, she not a good role model at all. Poor kids. Of course her family would say she good, but deep down it's a lie. French free, loving and free spirit wins in the end. She jumps from one man to the next every week. Good luck, honey. Hope 2013 is the best year ever. Less her problems, hey? The children should come first always. They are more important than Sandrine Jordan, a man-eater. She very promiscuous, sad and selfish woman. Hope WA is full of fun and excitement. Caboolture is a sex-starved country town full of sex maniacs. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I'm madly in lust with Tom. Hope he calls me soon. Here's a long, sweet glass of hot Thai chai latte with a dollop of extra thick whipped cold ice cream on top. Mmm, what a man. He gives it to me in his Prado in the woods. He is uber sexy. Anywho, forget Sandrine. She is a sad memory only. You must have put up with a lot with her tanties too. Thank God you took the children away from her in time. God bless the children at Xmas and all through year. God bless, sweetie. Love from Rosetta Bunton. Thank you, Kate. An excellent job as usual. What a letter. I literally do not know where to start with the contents of that letter. But there is more. As I said, there was also a party invite enclosed with that letter. What do we know about the party invite? And what do the two letters have in common? They were both handwritten. They were both written on paper. The long letter was written in English. The party note was a mixture of French and English. That is the sum total 
of what both letters have in common. The party invite simply does not coexist on any level in this universe with the above letter. Michael cannot now remember whether both letters arrived in the one envelope. Sandrine's sisters Bernie and Christine are certain they did arrive together. No one knows where the originals are. It is believed they will never return from the police. As I said, the photocopy I have of the party invite is the full blue page and about a quarter of the yellow page. It is best if you just listen to the contents of the party invite and make up your own mind. As the party invite is written partly in French, I asked Sandrine's sister, Bernadette, but called Bernie, to read out the letter. Bernie, thanks for joining me today. Hi, Graham. How are you? Very well, thanks. It's, and it's a pleasure to meet you. Likewise. Bernie, can you tell me what impact Sandrine's disappearance had on you and your family? Impact? Um, well, we dearly and deeply miss her in every aspect of our lives. Me particularly as a sister, she was a mother to my nieces and my nephew and an aunt to my children, so we were a very close family. And this has affected us and will affect us for the rest of our lives. We've had to support Sandrine's children along the way with their emotions and unfortunately we'll never be able to fill that void. Their mum fell off the radar when they were very young. Unfortunately, this impact has had in their lives a huge turnout. We're all trying our best to keep the good memories alive as well. Mm. I have been told the efforts, the phenomenal efforts, conducted by the Jordan family to locate Sandrine, but I'd like to hear your aspect on that because I think there are things that you know that maybe I haven't heard. In terms of um, locating Sandrine, so initially we oh, we just went through so much effort. We were scouring bushland. We were taking like quarters of the bushland and beer bar room at a time um, because we just felt like the efforts of the police weren't as thorough as we would have liked them to be. We posted her face absolutely everywhere in Kabulcha, approached every single business that was surrounding the area, uh, the bus stops, the trains, the trucks, the, the camps, the cults, um, just attempted to reach out to as many people as we could in that little time just to keep everyone's memories fresh. We just went above and beyond. My sister uh, and brother went on TV to try and get some media representation out there because we just felt like we weren't getting much coverage and that was devastating in itself because we knew that something was definitely wrong. Sandrine would, she wouldn't leave her children behind first and foremost because she she loved being a mum. Tried to find her and attempt any outcome and possibility we, we could okay. try and look for, yeah. Okay. Do you accept the coroner's finding of suicide? No, I don't. No. Do you believe Sandrine is alive or deceased? Initially, I thought she may be alive because I think it's not a crime to go missing. And I believe that she is quite capable, centred lady. I think she was trying to find her feet, trying to find some like housing for herself and her children and so she could provide a really stable home. Over the years, when we just didn't hear a thing from Sandrine, I started to it really started to hit home and I thought, well, she she potentially has come across foul play. 
and that someone has taken an opportunity to do harm to Sandrine. Mm, victim of foul play, perhaps? I believe so. It's just everything seems to be pointing that way as well. Yeah. Bernie, you speak French, yes? I do. And a letter was sent to Michael from a Rosetta Button. Yes, it was. Some months after Sandrine's disappearance. Yeah, so this was interesting. Uh, We received the letter a couple of weeks before Christmas after Sandrine had declared missing. It was really um, unusual. Well, Sandrine's partner uh, received the letter. It came in the mail and uh, we handed the letter to the police and after we'd read it, they analysed it. Um, unfortunately, it came back inconclusive. And again, we thought this was a sign of Sandrine reaching out or um, a very cruel trick. So it was it just left us what was happening. Did you recognise the handwriting in that letter? I recognised some of it, like the running writing, and it's very, you know, um, it's very French to write like that. I, I recognised some of the words. Uh, I think some of it could have partially been her writing and coming from her um, herself because there was a lot of information in those letters that were relevant to our family and I thought, well, there's not a lot of people that would know that information unless she'd spoken to someone about it and they'd remembered every detail. It was um, It was pretty confronting to see that there was a lot of information in there that could have potentially been used in an ill manner towards us while we were trying to do our investigation or was it really that she, this letter came from Sandrine? So still, Mm. yeah, still inconclusive. And when the uh, letter was sent through to the police, they investigated it. They um, didn't really do a process of elimination. There was tears on the letter and some lip marks, uh, lipstick marks, and none of those, like in the report, it never really said that those were analysed. So we're, well, the family is still waiting for um, some results in that way. Mm. Now, there's two parts to this um, letter. There's a four-page handwritten letter on foolscap paper, and then there's a, a one-page on like a party invite in French, isn't there? Can I ask you to read out the party invite letter, please? Sure. To Michael, au revoir, chérie. Plus bonne chance toujours. May only good things come your way, sugar, for you and your children. Sacré bleu. Tu es très gentil et magnifique. Joyeux Noël, baiser, baiser. Avec l'amour, toujours l'amour, chérie Rosette. Do you know anyone named Rosette or Rosetta? Not at all, no. no. Can you now please read that letter again in English for me? Okay. To Michael, goodbye, my love, and good luck always. May only good things come your way, sugar, for you and your children. Sacre bleu. Sacre bleu is an expression of surprise and exasperation or dismay. Tu es très gentil et magnifique, which uh, translates into you're very gentle and magnificent. Happy Christmas. Kiss, kiss. With love, always, with love, my love, Rosette. Could you see Sandrine writing something like that in French to Michael using those words? To some degree, yes. To some degree, I could because I believe that she did have a relationship with him 
you know, they, it was fairly mutual and um, amongst their separation, they were still pretty friendly, but I guess they, um, she was, it was hard for her to part with um, the relationship and I think it could have been a way that she expressed herself to Michael in ending their in ending their relationship and wishing him a Merry Christmas because that year we had the children with us up in Caratha. It probably would have been one of the Christmases she spent alone. This letter is actually separate to the other four-page letter in my view. Like this is on a note paper, a party invite. The other is on fool's cap. Would Sandrine write in a manner of part French, part English? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're um, our family's well versed in most French and just German as well. So those are languages that we, um, because we've been together so many years, we sort of understand some of these things. Not sure whether she definitely used the term sacré bleu. I've never really heard her say that. She said it on occasion, but it wasn't part of her vocabulary. Sacre bleu wasn't part of her vocabulary? Not often, no. I think okay. I've heard her say it twice in her life, but it wasn't part of what we yeah. almost say on, on a regular basis in French, no. I look at that party invite in two ways. It could possibly be a suicide note, but there's no mention of suicide. It could possibly be, well, the relationship's ended and all the best. I have an open mind about it. I don't know about you. Yeah, I would totally agree with what you just said. I think it was definitely a declaration of an ended relationship, and but then I'm also open to it. Being a note from her, but I don't know how it became in, a position, in her possession after she'd gone missing or how it came into mm. to Michael's possession after she went missing. Mm. So many questions. Mm. Definitely. More questions and answers here, Bernie. I guess I'm just trying to make sense of it myself. And we still haven't been able to make sense of it. I think they should be. The police definitely should have helped us along the way with that letter. I'm not even sure that letter got to the coroner because the coroner makes no mention of it in her report. So That's an interesting point, yeah. I did see the coroner's report and it was mm. just... There was so much, so much misinformation there. Spelling names, the names of people that were involved were wrong. There was Miss Clement tracks uh, backtracks on herself and says that you know perhaps that Sandrine committed suicide, but where is the body? And then she also went on to say that she may have come across foul play. So yeah, which is it? Yeah, Did yeah, you come but... across foul play, or was it suicide? And if exactly. it was, why is there no clarity? Why why has she? been able to close the inquest mm. and and that just means that we're not able to pursue anything anymore from a police perspective we're not able to pursue what we'd like to pursue and have it open like yeah. to rehash a case exactly all right bernie thanks for your time i feel like i've dragged up some unpleasant memories here for you i apologize for that and hopefully we can get some answers to those many many questions I really appreciate what you're doing there, Graham, and I, I hope we can find some answers, and I know that we will. I think we, if we just keep pursuing and just keep persevering to try and find Sandrine, it would be so good to get to the bottom of this. Um, you know, it's great to, to find some peace. Oh, couldn't agree more. Mm. Mm. All right. Thank you, Bernie. I have so many questions. Was Rosetta Bunton filled with hate? 
for Sandrine over some previous matter? Or was Rosetta Button involved in Sandrine's disappearance? Maybe, just maybe, the author of the letters slipped up and wrote something that will give them away, that someone may recognise, or point in the direction of a possible author of the letter. How did these two letters end up together? Is it possible the party invite was written by Sandrine, it came into the possession of the person using the name Rosette Bunton, and he, she posted them together to Michael? Is it possible a friend of Sandrine's knew enough about her family to include those details in the letter? Did the police have the letters analysed? Was the coroner made aware of the letters? What significance, if any, would a coroner place on the letters? Please join me next time. I want to dissect the letters and see if we can reach any conclusions about the contents. Before I do that, I want to see if I receive any comments about the contents of the letters. If you have information about the disappearance of Sandrine Jordan, I'd love to hear from you. Please contact me directly at my email address, graham5353 at live.com. That's G-R-A-E-M-E 5353. Discretion and confidentiality is absolutely guaranteed. Or you can go to the website www.whokilledleanholland.com and email me from there. Your email address is not recorded on that website. I have placed these contact details in the show notes for your reference. Bernadette, or Bernie as she is known, and who you have just heard from in this episode, has had further tragedy strike their family. In 2022, her 17-year-old son Jake became paraplegic as a result of a motorcycle accident. A GoFundMe page has been set up to help offset the extraordinary costs involved in a family member starting life in a wheelchair. If you would like to contribute, the link is gofund.me forward slash A1E3D681 or lowercase. I have placed the link in the show notes for your assistance. I did not discuss broadcasting this GoFundMe link with Bernie, but I'm sure she won't mind me sharing it with my listeners. You will hear at the start or end of most of my episodes that you may like to shout me a cup of coffee to help offset costs involved in doing a podcast. I would be happy if you directed any coffee donations to Jake on the GoFundMe page. If you follow the podcast, you will be advised when a new episode drops. Please rate and review the podcast for me. The Facebook page is Missing Sandrine Jordan. This podcast was made possible with the awesome assistance of the ACAST Creator Network. Music, Inevitable Hope, by RKVC. You'll find all my contact details in the show notes at the end of each episode. Thanks for joining me in investigating the disappearance of Sandrine Jordan.